Welcome to the Ready, Set, Show podcast with your host, DT. Ready, Ready Set, set show Welcome to the Ready, Set, Show podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostess, DT. Thank you all for joining me this week as we bring you another episode. Guys, really quick, I want to give an RIP to one of the greatest drummers of all time. You know him as Rusher's drummer. I know him as the GOAT, the legend, Neil Peart passed away. So our thoughts and prayers to go with him and his family as they deal with this loss and man it just sucks because neil pert dude i loved his style of playing wasn't the biggest rush fan i'll be honest i just really watched him he was one of my later inspirations for wanting to keep playing drums wanting to get better wanting to progress he taught so many he made drumming even more popular and brought us out of just a guy in the back in the band to the spotlight for me and all drummers we say thank you to neil Pert for everything he did for the drumming world, drumming community, and we hope he rests in peace and he's up there kicking beats, having a blast. R.I.P. Neil, you're the GOAT, you'll always be a legend, you're the man. I got inspired by last week's episode, so I decided that this episode, I would talk about my musical journey, how I came up in music, how I got started, and just where I'm at now with it, and just bands that I've been in previously over the years, and just my overall take on being in a band, and what I feel like it takes to make it, and all that good stuff. And we'll probably get into a music rabbit hole Something else that I noticed on the last episode, when I would talk about Letty, number one, I talked about it way too much. And I noticed now, maybe some people didn't get this impression, then maybe some people are like, due to how many times I talked about it, all 84 times. I just didn't want Letty to get the wrong impression, any of the listeners, any of our friends, family, anybody, that I don't want Letty to come back. You know, I'm being realistic. She has a very busy schedule, a daughter that's in cheerleading. She has a lot going on. You never know, she may get a promotion one day at work, something like that. I mean, she's been with that job a while. That could make her even more busy. There's a possibility that that could exist that she may not be back. And I would completely understand. And I I was just simply saying I shouldn't have ran it in the ground. That's something uh, uh, my own personal issues I'm trying to work out. Even my fiance notices it. Sometimes I'll just run stuff and repeatedly talk about it when I'm mad about it or whether I'm just talking sometimes. But I didn't want her to get the impression that I don't want her to come back. I do. I mean, we started this thing. I missed the hell out of her. We had great times. But hey, man, I know how it is sometimes. Sometimes things doesn't work out the way you want them to. Sometimes more important things come up in life. I understand. I want her back first and foremost on the podcast as soon as possible. But I'm also being realistic in the fact that that may not happen. And I, that's all I'm saying. I just didn't want it to come off and Letty to ever think, 
she's not welcome on this podcast, whether it's uh, just coming on every now and then, or her coming back for good, which we hope happens. So that's all I, I noticed and wanted to point out. And I just, I didn't want her to get the wrong impression with the logo changes, stuff like that. I mean, I'm one of these dudes, man. I switch st- stuff up a lot. And like I had explained last episode, it's not the same unless Letty's here. But work's been going good, man. We are uh, actually got offered a promotion. It's actually surprised me because what had happened, you know, where I'd been having some medical issues. And, you know, I'd had to miss some days. And, you know, man, that that's kind of been an issue with me i mean this obviously as opposed to when i was younger and stuff like that and partying days and all that i mean you know i didn't give a shit but i didn't intentionally mean to miss these days and the way the company i work for does is you get points now when you're a temp you're not supposed to get they say nine but i think nine to eleven now give or take i could be wrong so, you know, of course, I got a write-up from the temp company, and, and I'd got to a certain amount of points to where they wanted me before they could hire me in when my 90 days were up. They wanted me to lose three points. And, yeah, I was a little mad because, you know, I know there's a couple people in there with high points, and, you know, one guy, maybe both guys were hired in. But, I mean, hey, man, I, I'm not going to go over here and say that and set people out. I sucked it up, and though my car was broke down and everything, luckily, shout out to my buddy Terry and my buddy Ivan that I work with. If not for those guys, I'd probably be fired, honestly. And shout out to Letty, too. She, she's she been giving my fiance a ride, and then my friends that my fiance works with, shout out to them. But basically, I had to lose these three points, meaning October, November, December, I had to not miss a day, couldn't get any points, I'm assuming be late. I make it all the way, never late, never missed a day, and then like 10 days before January, it was a little before Christmas. Leave here usually about 2.30 when I'm driving. I go... And the car starts doing it. It was doing this thing to where every now and then it would just out of nowhere when you'd be driving, it'd start acting like it wanted to die. And eventually it would. You had to pull over, but you could keep trying to start it. And eventually it would just crank right back up and boom, you'd be out on the road. Man, I, I tried to crank this thing and it would not go. And then finally I got it to go and it immediately started to die again. And here I am out in this parking lot down here at this store stranded and by then it was too late for like i said to call in my buddies uh, terry or ivan it was too late to call them i tried to get a ride but wasn't able to and i thought it just made me mad because i'm like i think i was maybe a week and a half two weeks from that date and here i had to miss a day so I'm thinking that's it, you know, they're going to fight that or they're not going to hire me in. And I'm thinking, well, they ain't going to let me be a temp for another three months after they've already did it once. So I'm like, I'm screwed. So I, I, I'm at this point just thinking, all right, I'm, I'm going to be fired. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. But you never know, man, with the company I work for and, and a lot of factories around here. I mean, that some, most of them have a bad turnover rate. You get these people come in and work or if you... They work six, seven days a week. They quit. I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. 
But anyway, the, the HR lady comes up to me, and I'm thinking, okay, because usually when they fire you, there's usually, like like in my case, it would be two men. Basically, they'll take you up there, tell you what's up, and fire you, and then they walk you to the door. Well, I didn't see anybody behind her. I'm like, okay. And she goes, I got a question for you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. She ain't going to ask me if I want to be fired, hopefully. No, I'm kidding. But she goes, uh, would you want to be a material handler? And I'm like, I'd love to be. I mean, I was a material handler back in the day at this place that makes like these greeting cards and stuff. Those of y'all who are here locally, you'll know where I'm talking about. I have experience. Now, I, I haven't been on the heister in a while, but as long as it's a sit-down heister, stuff like that, I mean, I can do it. And I'm like, yeah. And then she goes, I got another question. And see, I remembered two material handlers quit on thirds so i knew she was gonna ask me for thirds and i was like sure i mean if they're willing to take a chance on me and make me a material handler and i mean technically dude they could have fired me with the amount of points i had and plus my supervisor loves how i work and you know me and him we've we've been at it before nothing too serious but he had my back man i mean he's been screaming for a while to get me in and I, hey, man, I got to give the dude respect. I mean, we may not always see eye to eye, but I mean, who really does? You know, you work with people five, six, seven days a week, you're going to get in arguments. And there's a lot of things a lot of companies around here do that, you know, we question, but I mean, it is what it is. I like this company. I mean, I do think there's some stuff they do that I'm like, what? But hey, man, I, it ain't my company. It's yours. You do what you do. I'm just, I just work here. But I thought that was cool. Now, when that goes into effect, I don't know. But hey, man, bottom line, that gets me hired in finally with a promotion. So it kind of paid off because, you know, I'm like, damn, dude, I got to be everybody else getting hired in in 90 days. I mean, dude, they were hiring people in not having to go through temp services. And I stuck it out. I mean, we all bitch about our jobs, but you, you never once saw me say, tell the supervisors and stuff, no, that I didn't want to run this machine, that, or, oh, I don't like this one, switch me to something else. You never heard me say that. I might have said, oh, shit, I'm on machine, blah, 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 but I did it. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, you never know. A lot of these companies, they could change their mind. I mean, but as long as I get hired in, whatever happens after that, cool. I mean, it kind of sucks because they get paid every two weeks. Better to be getting paid than not getting paid, I always say. <laughs> I hope everybody had a great weekend or this coming weekend. Probably when you hear this, the weekend will have passed. I know I'm going to kick back, man. I'm telling you, I'm exhausted. I don't know what it is. I've just been burnt out here lately trying to get my school stuff in order. I had some th things occur and wasn't able to finish my last class i wanted to take a break and i probably should have so i think i'm going to do this class and take a break for a while from school just to kind of regroup and everything car issues and then now this maybe promotion here i just want to get some stuff in line get focused that way i can get a set schedule because dude i'm telling you man it's crazy one day i'm sitting here I screw up and barely doing anything next day. I'm turning my life around. I'm I'm all over the place. But, hey, I'd rather it be like that. That's the grind we call life. All right, guys, let me give some shout-outs before we dive into what we're going to call 
DT's musical journey. Alright guys, I gotta give a shout out to my beautiful family. Love them so much. Darcy, Kinsley, Journey, Ryder, Kiana. I love y'all so much. I, I miss y'all a lot. So I love my family. I'm glad they're by my side. Kinsley, using the potty now. Uh, it's awesome playing video games with her old dad. We're killing it. Here we come. 2020 starting off great, I gotta say. All right, I gotta give a shout out to Letty. Hopefully she comes back soon. Uh, we're thankful. I'm thankful that she's a great friend of mine and her being on this podcast and believing in me. Hopefully we can continue it. So I uh, hope everything gets well for her and we get back on track on this podcast. That would be awesome shout out to drama though she's busy as hell we haven't spoke much with her yet and shout out to drama socialpoint24.com guys anything you trying to advertise for your business you're starting up a business let's say you're getting overcharged i'm telling you drama got you back she's got great yearly packages go check them out keeps everybody in the loop with a blog and they'll email you checking in with you a lot of local businesses around here in east tennessee have changed to her and we'll be using her services here soon drama let's get that 50 percent off or 50 percent too oh i don't know free but definitely go check her out i promise you you won't be disappointed she's self-made got this business off the ground herself from day one she works hard check her out socialpoint24.com if you want to speak with her further socialpoint24mail at gmail.com and uh, i gotta thank everybody at greenville vapor they take care of all our local vaping needs and though vaping's under attack those guys are hanging in there they care about their customers and we got to show those guys love down there greenville vapor shout out to them i gotta thank kellen keller the man the myth the legend the guy that got all this started that had been telling me years ago i needed to be on radio and that ended up leading to this podcast i gotta show love to kellen shout out to you kellen get a hold of me man and i gotta thank all the listeners thank y'all so much for all the support whether you knew whether you've been with us for a while been with us since the start i want to thank you guys for all the support and if you enjoy us guys please share this podcast with your family and friends if you enjoy us guys Go give the Anchor page a follow, anchor.fm backslash r-s-s-podcast. Facebook page is at rsspodcast. The Twitter has changed. Quick announcement. It's at rsspodcast. I figured I'd make it like the other ones. If you want us on Snapchat, rsspodcast. Guys, we're on Apple and Google Podcasts, YouTube, which I'm going to be updating soon, hopefully go give all those a follow but on our facebook page if you go to that at rss podcast you scroll down just a little you'll see a pin post with all our info email social media pages streaming platforms go check it out give those a follow thank you guys again so much all right here we go so i was just started thinking man and i spoke with a one of my good friends jared p aka the mad scientist wish i spoke to more and jared's a phenomenal musician and he could probably be credited with one of the reasons that i started playing music and he's a great guy man and we were talking and i was just like dude i'd love to start a band again 
I mean, man, the chemistry we had was was amazing, and and I just I don't want it to end. And I get it, man. As far as mainstream goes, rock isn't nowhere near as big as it once was. I mean, the '90s, early 2000s, dude, rock dominated. Well, you might as well say '70s, '80s, '90s, early 2000s. Now we're stuck with trash musicians with auto-tune and blah 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 and it i mean let's just face it music's in the shitter you might have a handful of musicians here and there that are actually good but as far as the that musical excitement and stuff you had in the 90s let's be honest those days are gone i really wish they weren't i just wanted to tell my story and from the mugsy thing i got inspired i was like you know, I want to give my side of the story from a rock perspective. And by the way, guys, let me know what you thought of Muggsy. What did you think of that little, well, I don't really want to call it an interview, but introduction. I mean, he's a great guy. He's cool. And we wish Muggsy nothing but the best. But let me get into my story here. So, like I said, guys, I said last episode, uh, I was around probably 13, 14 years old and I'd been hanging around Jared and I knew he played music and I always wanted to play drums because my uncle Aaron like I stated played drums and he he's amazing dude he really is and he can sing too so from a young age I would watch him and I would always want to play him and then when I saw the Muppets when I saw Animal and who I have tattooed on me those are the reasons I wanted to play drums but I had a little pistol bb gun it looked like a real pistol and it actually almost got uh jared's brother in some shit i don't even know how the hell i ended up with it but these guys wanted it and traded me a pearl drum set pearl forum series drum set it was red and i'll never forget it and dude i took that drum set made the best of it i started learning the basics jared showed me some stuff some stuff i just picked up eventually and I remember one day these guys, for some reason, just came and took the drum set back, like went back on the deal. I can't remember what exactly happened, but I was just devastated. Later down the road, I ended up getting that same set back. And then I ended up joining, it was me, Jared, our friend Cody, and then Cody's cousin, Josh. Jared was on guitar, Cody sang, I was on drums, and it was fun, it was hypnosis, that was the first band I was in, probably my second favorite to uh, a band I'll talk about here later, but that was fun times, we would go out to Cody's house, he had a little shed kind of in the backyard of his house, because his mom managed this store and stuff, and this Dairy Queen, and in between it was a shed, and they let us play there. And I had written lyrics, and like Riot ended up being, we ended up picking it, and I wrote this song called Society, talking about gang violence, and because gangs were really bad at this time. I think this was in the, this was in the, what, maybe mid or late 90s, because me and Cody became friends, because this chi- this chick he was dating was friends with this girl that I was hanging around and stuff like that. So that's how me and Cody met. And I'd already been hanging out with Jared. They start hanging out, and the rest that they say is history. But we made hypnosis, and it came from this musician we seen at this fair, and he did hypnosis. And I was like, dude, there's a the name hypnosis. No, I I don't think I said it. It might have been Jared or Cody. 
I'll never forget that. And so we just started jamming, man. And I remember back then we made a VHS tape. Yes, VHS to all you young folks out there. You may not remember it. Uh, They're pretty well non-existent now, but we made one, and it was at a party at this chick Jennifer's house. A bunch of our friends were there, dude. We just rocked out, played it. I mean, our sound was crazy. Like I said, Jarrah was probably the most experienced then, but man, we had a blast. Everybody was digging it, and we were just having fun jamming, man. We were just getting better and better, meshing well together, and I mean, man, those are just priceless memories to me and and i remember one of our best songs society i wrote the lyrics to it and it went or the verses were like this world gets more fucked up every day makes me wonder how long we're all gonna stay seems like we're trapped behind a locked door you walk in and find your best friend on the floor while our society is crashing down how much longer before we're all underground no more peace in the shitty world hard to make it to live for a little boy or girl and then jared would go but you know what i'm still alive and he just repeat and dude it was just like oh man and i love it that was probably terrible so i apologize but it was just good times man we, we were just writing music we may not have been that great all except for Jared. I mean, dude, that dude has always been immaculate. He's been around music since he was little, very little. And we all knew that. But I never once was, like, jealous of Jared. Dude, he was amazing. And, you know, a lot of people compliment him, obviously, as they should. Because, I mean, that dude definitely paid his dues many a days and nights in his room making up music. I mean, dude, he could sit and listen to any song. I don't give a shit what it is. Tool, corn, mud vein, I don't give a damn, and learn it in no time. I mean, it might take him a little bit depending on the difficulty of the song but make no mistake he would learn it and he could sing good and dude it was just it was fun times man we were just hanging out partying a little bit maybe a lot and just making music i really feel like a lot of these bands it's just it it was just dumb shit of what led to us separating hypnosis i can't really remember i think we all just kind of went our separate ways I know each of us went down our own path, like Cody got into some shit. I know I did. I think Jared did as well. It it was fun, and then one day, it was just over. And I had felt distance from Cody. I just kind of felt like, like when he started driving and he had these nice cars and stuff, stopped hanging out with him less and less, and it just, I I didn't feel like I was a part of the group anymore. So I went on my way, and uh, we later on ended up, I got back, hooked back up with Jared. We meet our friend Nick, who we went to school with. I didn't even know he played guitar. He had been taking lessons for like two years from Marquis, and Marquis is a local musician. He's badass. He's in a band called Groove Kitchen. They also have a Beatles cover band. He's like, when you think of music and, you know, locally, and you hear those guys that are just badass, he's one of the guys you hear about. We have another guy named Chris Tarleton. He's a badass drummer. I mean, dude is amazing. Like, these guys should have made it music. With that band with Nick, I thought it wasn't as fun as Hypnosis. It was It was very fun. It was better sounding than Hypnosis because we had all progressed a little as musicians. I mean, Jared always progressed, but I'm talking about, like, me. Brian was getting good on bass. He had been learning and jared was actually dating his sister jenny 
so that's how we met Brian, and Brian ended up in the band. And and then Nick. I mean, this dude comes out of nowhere, and we had six songs at the time, and he learned them all. And then we made up some other ones. And that band was fun, dude. We just had fun jamming out. We all actually had great chemistry together. Brian, man, I remember he was just getting better and better. It seemed like every practice he was better and better. Nick started making up some great stuff. Man, I even sang a few songs in there. I'll explain it here a little later. It was fun. It was where I feel like musically, like me, Brian, and even Nick, yeah, I felt like it just boosted us, gave us confidence, and we were just getting better, you know, getting comfortable playing in bands and just learning our instruments. And it was a good time, man. And then Nick had a girlfriend, and here we go. The, the practice day, oh, well, I can't make it today. I get to a point to where I'll take it a lot because I'm into the band, and I feel I really feel like looking back, that I shouldn't have done that, that that held me back from a lot of these bands. Like, I wish I would have went and jammed with just a wide variety of different people. That way, when that dumb shit happens, I can just bounce and go play with another group of guys. And whenever that stuff starts happening, guys, take my advice right now and bounce. I mean, maybe let it go a couple times or whatever, but eventually bounce. I mean, with us... We let it go so many times because we loved the band. We loved making music. And we thought that somehow one day it would change and he would go back to practicing the way he was. But realistically, he didn't. It was always we'd either be pulled up at his house waiting on him and eventually practice would get canceled like his mom would come down and tell us or he'd show up, guys, I can't practice today. And, dude, it's even more disheartening when you're there waiting. Because we looked forward to it all week, man. You know, man, we, we were dealing with a lot in our life. We, did, we didn't have a lot, me, Brian, and Jared. So we look forward to that day. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's any excuse or anything like that, but I'm just being realistic. We loved playing music, and we looked forward to it. My problem back then, too, was I just loved it so much to where, I mean, I, I didn't go get a job. I was just wanting to play music. I mean, yeah, that's cool if you're making money from it, but we weren't. With Nick, we actually played our first live show this open mic night, which is, I think it's now a Mexican restaurant, but we played our first open mic night. It was fun. We had like a, a song called Psychotic Female where the chorus was like, whore, whore, and people liked that. They thought it was cool. And then, of course, you had the drunk fucking idiots play a love song. We're like, what's that? And everybody started laughing. And, and then you got these idiots play some standard. You know, if it was if it was my bar, I would be like, throw these people out. You know, just the disrespectful people. Musicians are up there. They're talking, acting stupid. But anyway, man, that that show was fun. And I actually did a 311 down. We did a cover song, 311 down. Uh, essay's part and then jared would do the chad sexton's part the change a lot of them some some know that we have always been down down uh, yeah dude and it was just good times it was fun and that show i remember dude i was so nervous when i got on the mic I, I was like, everybody make some noise. And like my mom and her friends were there and everybody made some noise. And I was like, yeah. I did do another song called No Color where I was talking about I hate like racism and 
and it was like I gave the the perspective of a black man and a white man and stuff like that, dude. It was actually a pretty like looking back on it now. I mean, as young as we were, it was crazy. Like some of the stuff we were coming up with was was insane. You'll never hear me say that I quit any of these bands. By the way, I was there till the end. Well, then later on, we me and Jerry we jam with different people. We got with a friend of ours uh, named Jersey, and uh, we, this guy B.J. Solomon, who rest in peace, man, he ended up taking his life a few years back. But B.J., one of the best guitar players ever that I've ever jammed with, dude. That dude was unfucking believable, dude. And it is just such a shame that he's no longer with us. That ended kind of badly. It kind of ruined mine and Jersey's friendships, man. We were we were good friends. I can't even remember what it was over. We got into it, and he went and started another band. He kind of took BJ, and, and Jared had originally quit, which led to, to Jersey and BJ going off and starting a band, which I got kind of mad about it at the time, and I think that's one of the reasons me and Jersey were into it. And looking back, man, hell, I didn't have my own equipment and stuff. I had no right to be mad, and I just acted like an idiot. But Jared, I can't remember what he quit. Maybe he just wanted to go jam with somebody else. I can't exactly remember, but he ended up quitting. That band didn't work out, but we did have some cool songs in there. It was fun while it lasted. And then we just jammed here and there with different people. And man, I'm telling you, being in a band, guys, and trying to get everybody on the same page and everybody's schedules and seeing girlfriends and partying it's that it's a lot dude and i'm telling you a lot of these bands have went through hell they went through a lot they've had they really worked their ass off to get where they're at and that's why i always have a deeper respect for actual musicians than i do anybody because you have to get with these guys or girls y'all gotta work around each other's schedules then you gotta learn each other's timing then you gotta make music and add each other's inputs and it's hard to do and it's a long hard process that a lot of people can't handle and end up fighting getting on each other's nerves and then they all part ways you've got to really be mentally tough to make music learn an instrument and be in a band if you're not on the same page i mean it pours out into the music it really does if y'all half-ass and don't practice man you got to practice when they say practice makes perfect that i'm telling you that is true 1000 percent. you have to practice man because if you don't you're just pushing your your dream further and further and I'm telling you, man, ain't nothing like getting up and playing in front of people and have people cheering for you. And granted, I've not played in front of thousands of people. Hell, I don't even think I've played in front of hundreds. I mean, but still, the few people I've played in front of, dude, it's been fun. I can only imagine with thousands of people. But we ended up bouncing around, trying these bands out. A lot of them didn't work. Jared went off and jammed with some guys. I would jam here and there and... I, we would get drum set like i got this drum set man i loved it I, i've had a quite a few drum sets back when i actually was getting my income taxes i had got a set of tamas off this guy in johnson city and man it was an amazing deal he had so many cymbals with it because man it, it's expensive to play drums it really is but he had a, a set for a thousand i think i talked him down to like eight or nine hundred 
I mean, this dude had like, it, dude, it was probably easily cymbals, drums included. I'm going to say probably a 12 to 14 piece set, maybe, give or take. Might have been more, 15, 16 piece set. It was insane. And when I got that set, I had been talking to Mitchell because I went and jammed out with him one day. He was jamming with this one dude. And he had his drum set over there one night. And I went over there and hung out. And me and him ended up making up what later became the first song of 12 Gauge Heretics, Misery. And I was like, man, that was fun. I was like, well, dude, I'm going to get a drum set. So I got that drum set. I called him. We hooked up with him. Denny Dunn, who was our bass player, I think he had came out and hooked up satellite or something for mitchell they started talking so we got denny and i'd known denny for years and then here we got jared we formed 12 gauge heretics and it, this band by far was my favorite we had 10 great songs we brought jared's it'll never change we brought uh, riot over from hypnosis and then we pretty much made up the rest I mean, dude, we had so many great songs. Like, I wrote one called All We Got Is Us. Y'all have heard it, probably a little bit of it here on the podcast. And it was just basically about, hey, all we got is us, man. All we need is each other, and we got this, man. If we get nobody else, if nobody wants to fuck with us, they want to hate on us, so be it. But, hey, we got each other. You know, that song meant a lot to me, and it still does to this day. And I always like playing It'll Never Change, though Jared didn't because he was burnt out on it, but I love that song. And, man, we just had so many great days. But, again, a party. And I'm telling y'all, if y'all think y'all are going to be in a band and party hard all the time and, and you think you're going to make it or do something with it, as far as a career, you are sadly mistaken. And we were partying, and, and we would make up those music, but we were jamming at Mitchell's house, and he would he would always want to invite people over, like chicks and stuff like that. And yeah, man, that shit's cool every now and then. But we had the same ten songs the whole two years we were together. The same ten songs. We couldn't make up anything new because he always wanted to invite people over. And you know, Mitchell, man, he he pissed me off one time, Denny off one time, Jared off. I mean, it was just like a lot of the times it was me talking somebody out of quitting because Mitchell pissed him off. You know, everything was about him and revolved around him. He would get so fucked up, dude. He would be passing out, playing guitar. But hey, that's how he was. And I'm not trying to shit on him because R.I.P. to Mitchell, he's no longer with us or nothing like that. I'm just telling you how it really was. I mean, it was unfortunate because Mitchell was a good dude, man. I mean, he helped a lot of us. Some nights we'd be arguing with our girlfriends or whatever, or me, I was literally staying place to place. And dude, he helped me out with a place to stay stay a few nights here and there food i mean i hate it i wish things could have worked out i wish he was still with us I, I hey man people are setting their ways they have their ways of doing it they may think that they're not doing anything wrong and it just sucked man because i know we were all better than that and we could have been something special i know we could have i miss that dude man me and me and jerry were talking about how much we miss him 12 gauge heretics we ended up going in the studio guy named Mark Croy, I couldn't think of his name last podcast, who was our buddy Jake. He was jamming with a friend of ours, Chris, and they were getting a band together. We went in the studio. It was like a half-million-dollar studio. This guy, Mark Croy, had been in a band with Dolly Parton's sister. I mean, he hadn't really ever done metal or rock. He mainly just done, like, Christian and gospel and blues, probably. He hadn't ever done ours, so... 
we all go up there. Jared was sick. But, man, it was just so fun being in the studio. Dude, they complimented me. said, oh, you're going to go far with that drummer. And I was like, dude, that, I mean, that gave me confidence on a whole nother level. Because, I, I mean, I had had people saying I was good on drums, but not with that stature like he was. Like, he was out here playing on the road, professional musician, got a studio. That meant the world to me. But Mitchell and them was like drinking setting the beer bottles in my drum room i'm like hell no y'all ain't getting me in trouble but i remember it took us i think we did it in a day but i wish we would have did it in two or three days that way we could have took our time i mean it turned out okay but it could have been better but me and uh, jared's brother at this time stepped in because denny had quit a little before him and he he had kind of got out there on drugs and he had to take a step back and I respected it. It hurt, though, when he quit. Like, I feel like that's when the band went downhill. Because, I mean, you know, Jared's brother, Preston, he really wasn't... I mean, he just came into it. He he would have learned the songs, but him and Mitchell didn't get along. I mean, because Mitchell was all weird about Jared. Like, he's my brother. And they would get into it all the time, and it, it was just embarrassing. It sucked, and I hated it. And to be honest with you, I knew it was only a matter of time before that band would be over with. I hated to say that. I hated to think it, but I could just tell how things were going. I really did. I, I just knew it was a matter of time, man. We recorded that CD, man. It was great, but Mitchell and Jared stayed up there. Me and Preston went back to Green, uh, here in East Tennessee, Greenville, they were supposed to go back the next morning and go in there with Mark and do the mix down. So we woke up the next day, and Jonathan and a buddy of his, I can't remember his name right now, they were actually, I guess you would say, managing us kind of because we needed direction. You know, they had booked us a few gigs and stuff and, and everything after the studio, and they were trying to get our name out there, get us more shows, and just get our voices heard. Jonathan, I mean, he threw in with Mitchell to make the CD, so that was cool. We ended up going back up there the next day, and hell, man, we got up there, and I think Mitchell and Jared was just getting there. So he went ahead and mixed the CD down. They shrink-wrapped a 100 of them, and there we were. It was a picture of us on the CD standing in the studio, and I was like, wow, dude, my first CD. And I'll never forget that, man. I mean, that was a great time. Yeah. And the CD was okay, and I say that not trying to sound ungrateful or anything like that, but we could have done better. We rushed it instead of maybe spanning it out over a few days and, hell, maybe even a week and trying to make it sound really good, let Jared get over being sick. We rushed it in 12 hours because we had a show coming up and we wanted to sell the CDs, hopefully, and make some money, get Mitchell and Jonathan some money back and stuff like that. But the problem was is that our so-called managers, Jonathan and his buddy, didn't really advertise that well. We had taken them to, like, convenience stores around here locally. Some of our friends had bought them. And to this day, I don't even have a CD. I've got all our songs, but no CD. And I mean, I know people out there that not only have a CD, a few selected people have a CD shrink wrap still. But overall, dude, it, it's a time I'll never forget. It's the first studio CD I made. 
I'll cherish that moment forever in my life. And, and the guy, Mark, like I said, he made me feel really good, made me feel like a great drummer because I wasn't real flashy, just kept a beat. And I mean, I would throw in stuff here and there, no double bass or nothing like that, but I knew how to stay on time and just make the song sound fairly good. I mean, I wasn't the best by, by any means, but... When he said all that to me, it took my drum playing to a whole nother level. I left out of there with a CD that, I mean, I was proud of it, but I knew it could be better, and I had confidence shooting to the moon, man. And when we played that show, we killed it. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of people there, but we fucking killed it. Let's go. Man, I loved the drum set that Mark had in the studio. I got to choose between three snares. I had to bring my cymbals. He's like, oh, if you're a thrasher, you got to bring your own cymbals. I was like, that's cool. But that band right there, man, was awesome. And uh, eventually, man, we just all got into it. And what ended up splitting that band up, we played a live show at this little bar around here locally. And we had had Jake and them. They had had a band, our friend Chris. And they went out there and jammed. We let them open up for us, and then we came out. I think they gave us all so much we could spend like as far as drinks and stuff, like they hooked us up. I think it was like 40, 50 bucks a piece or something. Mitchell goes and gets fucking hammered. And uh, but we end up having to put money out of our tabs or whatever they credit they gave us. First set went great. We took a break, come back to play our second set, which was some of our best songs. And Mitchell's trashed. And Mitchell just basically is passing out while he's playing guitar. Like we had this one song where Jared would come back on my drum set. Mitchell just play something on guitar. At that time, we had Preston on bass. Denny had left. And we would do like this, like this little solo with me and Jared on drums and just this little song we were just jamming out to. He messed that all up. Pretty much that whole second set was ruined. And I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or put a lot, a lot off on Mitchell like I said he had his good moments but this is what happened he screwed that show up I was embarrassed I was humiliated and look man I mean get you a little buzz or, or whatever I mean I'm sure at that time we all had a little buzz but we didn't push it to the point to where we knew it was going to affect the show like you don't go out and get hammered while you're playing I mean yeah if you're just jamming in, at home in front of your friends or whatever or at a party so be it this was just the time I felt like he shouldn't have got like that and see that was Mitchell's problem man and probably what ultimately unfortunately led to him passing man he just pushed it to the limit man and then when over the limit i mean but we could talk him out of stuff we were able to talk him down but that night i don't know where what the hell happened i mean because we were all talking to our friends and stuff that came and next thing you know he's just trashed i don't know man it, it was humiliating embarrassing and i was very disappointed in mitchell more than i'd ever been at all the drama that had went on that moment right there was it for me but that's just the type of dude he was, man. 
but I was done. I'd had enough. I just seen that we weren't going to ever be able to all get along, all be on the same page. And I mean, here this guy, it was one of our first, eh, it wasn't our first live show, but it was a show here locally. It was a, a chance to get our name out there and and to start off on the right foot. I mean, you don't want to be known as the band that the guitar player was passing out drunk, whatever. But unfortunately we did. And I just, I was just like, it ain't going to work, man. We put it back together so many times and and had to talk people out of quitting and it just came to a breaking point and it was the end as sad as that was to admit i had to stop lying to myself man it just wasn't gonna work and it's a fucking shame dude because that band could have went somewhere had we all just got our heads out of our ass stopped partying so much and focused more on the music not you know our individual selves and just came together and not only been good, better friends to each other, but better musicians. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. That band made it about, I think, a year and a half, two years, and I'm shocked it went that long. We all went our separate ways, and then later on down the road, though, we all started talking again. We were talking about getting back together, and I was like, hell yeah, and we wasn't hanging around Mitchell, and I truly feel like if we were... I mean, it's really hard to say if he would still be here, but I feel like in my heart he would be because he would get messed up and have a hell of a buzz, but we wouldn't let him go too far. I mean, yeah, every now and then he might drink a little too much, but I mean, it wasn't enough to where he would pass away or get really sick, alcohol poisoning, nothing like that. We would always stop him from going beyond that point. And from what he what he passed away of, I def I know we would have stopped him. He just had a bunch of shitty people around that was using him, and yeah, they weren't looking out for him. They were looking out for themselves and getting high, and they didn't care, man. We were talking about getting back together and everything, and then we I got the news one day, man, that Mitchell had passed, and they had found him in his home. I think he had overdosed. It was like music died for me that day. Like, that that took a lot out of me, man. Because, man, I, I really felt like the second chance, I was like, dude, we're going to do it this time. Like, when uh, N.W.A. was going to get back together and Eazy-E passed. I mean, I, I can only imagine how that felt. And could you imagine if N.W.A. would have got back together? Wow. But I felt like we were going to do it right this time. We were going to get in Mitchell's ass. Look, dude, here's the deal. We all going to be on the same page. If you're not, then fuck you, dude. We're going to go. So we ain't going to do this. He, he was all about it, man, and I, I felt like we could have done something. The day I got that, it was like anything music, me wanting to play music, actually play music, it just died with, with Mitchell that day. And for years, man, I never really thought about it. Dude, I remember I used to listen to music in the headphones damn near every day. Until here, these last few years, I, I, I didn't even do that. Maybe every now and then. But now, I'm ready to play. I got the itch again. Like I said, after that, we, we jammed with a few people. We had certain bands, like with a friend of mine, Morlock, who y'all I was originally going to start this podcast with. We had a few bands with him, but nothing that worked. I mean, we tried some stuff, but it just wasn't the same, you know. I mean, 12K Charities, it, I feel like we could start a band that would top that. I know we could. I mean, and I hope me and Jared and whoever we decide to jam with, I hope it happens. Because I'm ready. I mean, hell, I don't care if it's just for fun. But if we're going to be a band and we're going to try to do something with it, this is my last run. 
like I'm, I'm going all in if it if this band don't work yeah i might get to keep a drum set but it's just gonna be the jam or i'm already gonna teach kinsley and any of my other kids that if they want to learn music but i won't attempt to be in a band again if I, we decide to start a band which we've talked about it and i hope we do but guys i'm telling you when you're in a band you got to be thoughtful of everybody if you're gonna party and i'm not telling you or condoning that but if you're going to do it after you're done practicing after a show i mean i get it your nerves are gonna be all over the place when you're about to play a live show but guys you gotta control that you'll eventually start getting used to it because you don't want to go out and get hammered and then screw the whole show up because you gotta think you're not just screwing it up for you you're screwing it up for the whole band and don't punish them and make them look bad because with all due respect you're an idiot that can't control his party habit drugs drinking whatever my thing would be practice as much as you can but don't let it consume your life to the point to where you don't work or it gets in the way of work or your family your girlfriend school find that perfect balance when y'all start playing shows conquer your hometown this is where you start go out get your name out there any way possible with social media and stuff it would probably be a lot easier we didn't have that shit and i think my best advice would be to you guys girls men women aspiring musicians that are getting ready to start a band or in a band if you see somebody putting the band last i mean if you guys have a logical reasonable band practice let's say one to two days a week you might practice two to four hours and they're putting the band last because they'd rather be running around getting laid on those days or they have a bs excuse or they're partying too much drugs whatever take my advice yeah maybe one time okay look dude talk to them here's the deal but after that get rid of them i'm telling you i can't tell you how much wasted talent and time and just bands that i've been in to where just because they were a friend of ours or whatever we didn't get rid of them and it held us back it really did and it will and when you're in a band dude especially nowadays i mean nowadays it's probably even harder to make it as a professional musician so you gotta really draw that line and say look here's the deal we're gonna do this we're gonna do it together there's gonna be people that doesn't like your band who cares just play better do the best you can and shut those people up and just keep at it practice 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 i can't say it enough and i'm telling you man if you're gonna party like i said hell yeah if you don't do it at all but don't do it while you're practicing or playing a damn show playing music some of the best memories i have but i'll never forget hypnosis 12 gauge heretics and just everybody that i play music with those are times in my life i cherish and and you know obviously my kids being born is a far number one but those memories are awesome and i i'm ready to do it i'm ready to play in a band again i'm ready to Hey, man, let's just see what happens. Let's just jam around. You never know. I've been getting that itch again, and I feel like something's telling me to play again, man. I'm ready. I just got to get a drum set, and I'm just going to see what happens. I'll probably jam by myself for a little bit, and then I'll go jam with some people. Guys, that's going to be it for my musical journey. I just wanted to give a brief 
rundown of bands that I've been in, experiences. And again, I probably jumped around. I probably missed some things, but I want to shout out to everybody that I play music with, especially my boy Jared, aka the Mad Scientist, Preston, aka PP, uh, Morlock, Jake, Chris, good God, Denny Dunn, BJ Solomon, Jersey, Cody. Josh, and just the list goes on, man. All the great people that I play music with, all of y'all are awesome. If we had beef at some point in time, hey, no hard feelings. I was in a shitty place. Maybe you were too, and I wish y'all nothing but the best. Y'all are all hella musicians, Jared. Yes, get your bitch ass off rap. We will be playing rock music again, and who knows? Will hypnosis in the house, or will it be 12-gauge heretics? You never know. There was a lot of tragedy. There was a lot of letdowns and disappointments, but there was great times too. I don't regret any of it. I really feel like 12 Gauge, out of all the bands, could have made it. I ain't saying a big record deal. We could have probably signed somewhere small and then worked our way up, but I felt like that band, if we could have just made up more music and everybody been level-headed, but I mean, look, man, we were all over the place at that time. I just knew eventually if things didn't change what was going to happen, and it did. It sucked, but I had to get my shit together. They did too, and we it sucks because right when we did, we were going to come back together and play, and unfortunately, Mitchell passed. So my thing, guys, is just music is great. Don't make it to where it's not, you know? Just work together, have fun, practice. And then when you all feel the time is right, and you'll know, honestly, before I played shows, I'd wait like a year, jam hardcore together to where those songs are stuck in your head. We went one time two or three months without playing. We came back. I remember it was midnight. We jammed till six in the morning. And we played those songs like we hadn't been away for those two or three months. We came back, played them one right after another, didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a riff, vocals, nothing. It was like breathing to us. And man, it felt good. And pissed the neighbors off to the point where they called the cops, I think. But it was fun, man. It was so fun. Being in a band's tough, but it can work. Now practice, look out for each other, lift each other up when one of you's down. Don't let stupid shit get in the way. Guys, I just want to tell y'all this quick story before I go. We played a keg party at this dude's Tim's house when I was with 12 Gauge Heretics. He lived like on top of a hill, this nice neighborhood out in the country. And, you know, there was a good amount of people there. I mean, man, here we are jamming, having a good time, hitting the keg, you know, catching the buzz. Well, the night goes on. There was about a couple fights. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you guessed it, the cops rolled up. So we're like, what the hell? We're standing there talking to them because everybody else ran off of course we're talking to them and they they said they heard our music three miles away for us to turn it off and shut it down for the night mitchell's drunk ass funny as hell i'll never forget this goes well can we play one more song i think he even asked if he could play it for them He's like, hell no, we've been driving around, I think he said an hour, trying to find the place. And he said, we got calls all over this neighborhood. Like I said, they heard y'all three miles away. Yeah, we were playing outside too, by the way. And I just thought that was so crazy, three miles away. I I mean, that was just one of our cool moments, just rocking out that I'll never forget. I had to tell y'all that story. I support all local musicians. I love hearing local music, up-and-coming artists. 
We're going to support them on this podcast. Hey, it's good times. But for episode 71 of the Ready, Set, Show podcast, I'm your host, DT. Guys, thank you all for joining me this week. Sorry, no rant, not a lot of gaming news and stuff like that. Though, with gaming, we have the Joker coming out soon, guys, so look out for that. I can't wait. I finally got the damn DLC pack, so I'll get him the day he comes out. But guys, please go follow all our social media pages everywhere you can hear this podcast. You go to our Facebook page again, at RSS Podcast. Scroll down just a little. You'll find all our info, guys. I can't thank you all enough for the support, guys. Go show Letty some love. Let her know, hey, we got you back while you're gone, but you need to come back. Guys, I hope you're enjoying these episodes. I know with just me, I I hope I'm doing a great job. Let me know if I am. Let me know some ideas. Uh, There's a co-host in the waiting out there. Let me know. You want to try it out? Hey, come on the show. We'll see what happens. But thank you all so much for the support again. I can't thank you guys enough. I hope so much that uh, I can bring you all some entertainment. But I just wanted to get an episode out here. Let y'all know my musical journey. Let me hear yours. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear your story. Let me know, guys, for episode 71 of the Ready, Set, Show podcast. Ready, Set, Show time. Let's get it, huh?